Hello and welcome back to Benaya, Mighty Man of God by P.H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter 23. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and die. 2 Samuel 11.15 A month later, during the daily business in the common room, Shemaiah announced, A messenger from Joab, sire. Approach. What news? David asked. Shemaiah approached, unrolled the scroll, skimmed it, and handed it back to the soldier, who read, From General Joab to King David, Battlefield Report 15, Sixth Day of the Month of Abib, Battle with the People of Ammon. We encountered fierce fighting. The men of Rabbah gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field. We drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Their archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's soldiers were killed, ten in all. Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Names recorded below. Benaiah's mouth fell open in shock. He heard gasps from the advisers in David's council. God had protected them in all their recent battles to the extent that they had no losses. He felt as if he had a blow to his midsection. He wanted to sit down to process this horrific news. Uriah, his friend and fellow soldier, with whom he had fought for years and who was the first man he and Mikhail met when they joined with David all those years ago, was dead. Benaiah was devastated, wondering which of his friends might be on that list. Ten soldiers fallen. So many families would mourn this week. Benaiah looked over at the king, expecting a similar reaction, but was stunned to find there was no look of shock. There wasn't even concern or grief. David didn't tear his robes as he had when he heard the news of Saul and Jonathan. He looked no different than if he'd received an invitation to dine with a friend. The messenger handed David the scroll, who motioned toward Benaiah to take it. What was he to do with it? David straightened. Shemaiah, send a reply. Tell Joab, do not let this matter trouble you, for I do not hold you responsible for this setback. The sword devours one soldier one day, another the next. Get back to the business at hand, attack the city, and overthrow it. How could David consider the death of ten of his most trusted soldiers a mere setback? He'd always cared for his men, had borne the loss of each soldier keenly, and felt personally responsible for their deaths, even though it was the enemy's doing. He had even mourned his adversary, King Saul. Now to hear him dismiss the deaths of several loyal soldiers, including Uriah, one of his mighty men, in so callous a fashion was unlike him and very disappointing to witness. Had David forgotten the value of his soldiers while he relaxed here in his royal palace? All of Benaiah's emotions about David's wrongdoing with Bathsheba came flooding back. After David's night with Bathsheba, everything changed. Benaiah found he was losing respect for David, something he thought would never happen. But then he felt guilty for his feelings of disrespect. He convinced himself he was David's most loyal soldier, that nothing the king could ever do would alter that. But something had altered it. Benaiah snapped out of his musing. Someone needed to inform Bathsheba that her husband was dead. There would be an official messenger from the palace, but Benaiah felt he should be the one to notify her in this case. He asked permission from David, who absent-mindedly agreed. Benaiah took the note with him. When he stepped outside the common room, he unrolled the scroll and read the list of fallen soldiers. The third name was Mikhail ben Kenan, his childhood friend from Kabzeel. Benaiah threw back his head and cried out in grief. As a boil, Mikhail had dreamed of fighting for Israel. 
As a young man, he joined David in the wilderness, eager to serve under the shepherd warrior of Israel to avenge the slaughter of the people of Nob and to see David installed as king on the throne of Israel. He joined the army and fought alongside Benaiah and the other mighty men. Now he was dead, and Benaiah hadn't been there with him to comfort him as he died, to grieve over him, to bury him. How had he fallen? How long did he suffer? Benaiah stepped into the nearby unoccupied room and sat down on a bench. He, how could he comfort others when he was reeling from the news himself? He needed to compose himself before he would go to Mikhail's and Uriah's families. He'd delegate the others to another palace official, some of the, his pelethites. He didn't regret his impetuous offer to be the bearer of bad news. It should be him, but it would be the hardest thing he'd done in, his, in this role. Benaiah wiped away his tears with the back of his hand, stood up, took a deep breath, and pushed open the door of the private room. Continue listening for chapter 24.